But joy to me is also something that that includes something meaningful and rich. And you learn how to like put these massive sacred boundaries around it. Like this is something I'm going to protect because it shows me who I am, not the other, which shows me what I'm afraid of. to declutter and organize and label bins and baskets. It makes me feel peaceful and that life is somehow in control. I know this is false peace and yet I admit it, I spend daily energy on these pursuits of organization and tidiness. I'm trying to be okay and have my atmosphere feel okay even though life is kind of chaotic at times. If I am productive and organized and on top of everything and everyone, then I will suffer less and my struggles will be less and I will feel enough. I will feel good about myself and my mothering. These are the lies we buy into. What might become possible if we let go of control, if we stopped focusing on our producing, working, helping, serving, all these accomplishment behaviors to just receiving more? What if we paused and went inward? Maybe less suffering and less overwhelm is possible if we stop to think about where the wound of not enoughness comes from that fuels our darn hamster wheel of behaviors. Today's guest is a friend and a beloved retreat speaker, life coach, and fellow We Are Brave mom, Laura Lee. Whenever I am in her presence, I feel peace. I feel that healing is possible. I learn from her wisdom and promptings. I feel compassion for myself and for my little me inside me that needs love, care, and attention. Laura Lee, welcome back to the show. It's good to be with you. Thank you, Jessica. I'm so excited to be here. Our time together at the Naples Retreat was so incredibly rich and beautiful and warm and loving, and, and I thank you for that. Hmm. Well, thank you. I every time I revisit it in my heart, I I'm just blown away by what we all created together. It really is such a joint effort and creating that we do together in these sacred spaces. And I just I'm so grateful that I got to be there every time. Thank you. Thank you. Well, at our retreats, it's it's a break and it's time of laughter and connection and meeting great moms, but we we go deep. We did go deep, and I so appreciate that because, yes, we can, like, you know, run the best IEPs and have all our kids' medical records sorted out, and we can be, you know, super organized and meal planned. But if we're not really doing some of the inner work, we're, we could still burn out. We could still burn out no matter how how well on the outside things kind of look and appear, we we still need to go inside and that's kind of scary. And there might be moms listening like, I don't have time. Don't make me go back there. Don't make me talk about my inner child and all that psycho babble, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. 
I didn't come to the retreat for this. <laughs> but then just really beautiful things happen in those times of of sharing. And, and really what's at the heart of it is this battle that women or humans face is the you are not enough wound. Mm-hmm. Oh, it takes so much energy. And it's adding to the overwhelm and the things that we have on our plate. So I would say that's one reason why, yes, take the time. Because obviously you don't have to take the time, right? It's your choice. But what I hear most often is, I don't want to suffer anymore. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. I'm hurting. And this feels like a lot. And I feel like it's all on my shoulders. How do I find peace? And if that's the question your heart is asking, if that is the question your soul is longing to have an answer to, then it's the inner work. That's where it is. That's where it is. And I will say, calling it inner work, you know, because I'm all about language too. Sometimes I think that we avoid it because that word work is in there. It's like, oh, you know, like here's something else I'm going to have to do. And that was, that's where I would invite you. If, if you have this on your heart, like I really, I just want to be able to experience peace or joy or freedom or whatever love for myself. Um, if you're looking at it at, through a lens of this is going to be more work, then you're probably going to avoid it. So to reframe that to what might be possible, what might be possible for me, what might be possible for my child? Because sometimes it's easier for us to look at it. What what may be possible for my child is easier sometimes to think about than even ourselves, because we've put ourselves so low on the list for so long. To put ourselves first just isn't. It's just not quite accessible to us yet. So whatever you have to do to get there, you know, whether it's reframe the language or you know reframe it that by doing this you're also doing for others because you are actually. I think you'll give yourself more permission to enter into this, I say, this journey that you're being called to. There, there is a you that part of you remembers way before the overwhelm ever overtook you. I believe that that part of you is remembering that you. And it's saying, I want that again. And your brain might not even remember a time where you didn't feel overwhelmed. But your body remembers, your soul remembers, because you came in as, I believe, the energy of love and light and possibility. And the overwhelm and the fear that has kind of come in and darkened that light, that is not you. And that is what you're doing when you come to the inner work, is to lighten that load, start to take those pieces off one by one, slowly sometimes. It's not a once and done, as one of my mentors says, it is a, it's a journey. That's where if you're being called to this, if you, you have a longing for more, usually women come to me and say, I just, I know there's more. I know there's something more. You know, you've, you may have said that. I've said it. It's because we know there is more. There is more. And we know that it's there. And so sometimes the longing has to be great enough to say, I'm willing to begin to learn this new language of healing. I think of it as learning a new language, right? And it's a different inflection and there's even different tones to it because we're so used to the criticizing ourselves, the inner critic and the judgment 
and the doubt and the, you know, we're used to the, uh, almost the energy of that. And so to step out of it requires a lot of unlearning and a lot of trust and a lot of courage. I always say, whenever I start with a new client, I say, I want you to hold out your hands and imagine trust in one hand and courage in the other, because these are going to be your partners throughout this journey. And it requires a lot of both when you don't think you have it. But really it is, it's like, whoa, I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know who I'm going to be without my overwhelm and my controlling and my, you know, all the things that I do to, to feel enough, which was your original question. Like, how does that show up? We just have to invite. Okay. Trust and courage. I know you're in there somewhere. Will you come alongside me Can and, and activate inside of me so I can walk this new road and learn this new language and not let that too be overwhelmed by the, I'm not enough. I can't do this. But, but instead like, oh, what's possible for me? And that's what I love too about even speaking to the women in your community that I'm a part of as well is remembering ourselves without just the role of I'm a special needs mom or I'm a wife or I'm a whatever you do for a living. Who am I underneath all of that? You know, who I, who was I when I came into this world and how did I kind of lose access to her? That's why we do a lot of speaking with our inner little one because she's going to show me what it is that I still need that I didn't get. Also, I'm going to, I'm going to find out why maybe I have certain behaviors around this role of mother that I'm in. And why I take it all on myself. And so that is the power of looking at this not enoughness and how it showed up probably way before you ever became a mother. And you know, when there's things in our life like a big event or becoming a mother or a transition or a pandemic, right? It just magnifies what's already there. Knowing that we can go, oh, you know, sometimes that's a big aha. Like, oh, I thought this just happened to me when I became a mom and motherhood's hard and you know, there's so much and I'm giving and I'm taking care of everyone. And not only that, I have this extra layer of care and what, whoa, you're telling me that maybe this happened, this showed up way before. And let me find out how that happened and why that is. And it really is such a beautiful cracking open. I remember one of the women saying, like, when I first heard the topic of the retreat, how does our not enoughness show up or healing the wound of not enoughness. She's like, I don't know. I didn't know kind of what that meant. Or even if that related to me, I didn't really connect with that. But then when we started to ask the questions, I was, she said, I was, oh, oh, I get it. You know? Um, so I think some of the questions we even dove deeper into were, you know, how does that not enoughness, how did you learn it? You know, how did it, how did you learn it from your parents? How did you learn it from your religion? If there's a belief set in there that you learned, well, this part of me is not okay, or this part of me is not enough, so I'm going to hide that part. How did you learn it from society? How did you learn it from peers? So there's a there's a kind of a, a exploration you go through to understand it that can be very revealing and almost shocking sometimes for, for people. And sometimes how we even learn we're living in the not enoughness is our behaviors. So give me some examples that would really demonstrate that we're living in that not enoughness. Well, one of the biggest ones is overworking, overgiving, over 
taking care of others before ourselves, which, you know, can sound like, oh, it's so good though. I put others first. I, and yes, there, there is a positive intention there, but usually also, if you dig deep enough, you see that there's also something else you're getting from that. And that is a sense of purpose. That is a sense of, okay, I can rest now because I know that I'm enough because I gave every single thing I had away. And by doing that, other people will see that I am doing my best, you know, which is, there's a positive intention. So I always say compassion, compassion, compassion. This is not about looking at how you're doing it wrong. Again, it's about understanding why. And oftentimes if we go all the way back to little you, you may have been told at one point by your parents, don't do that. That's not okay. And your mind and your mind, you know, cause it's always more important the meaning we made of something than the actual thing that happened. It's, you might've said, well, okay, that's not safe. Uh, that is not approved of. So I'm going to make sure I don't do that again or be that or do that. You know, so it's, we have to go back and check in with her. What meaning was she making to find out what her beliefs, the beliefs that began to form about who she was, what was safe, her beliefs about the world, about other people. It all begins so early. So, you know, personal example, I think from day one coming into this world, I think I thought right away, I'm too much. I'm too much coming in here. You know, my sister was struggling. She was two. She, she was struggling. She wasn't getting what she needed. It's a big joke of a story, but when they gave her to me at the hospital to hold, she said, can we send her back, please? She knew this is not, this is going to take away from me. And I think as a little one, and some people are like, but how do you remember that? You're just a baby. I think we sense these things. We know we, on some level, something in me said, okay, I'm not welcome here. I need to make sure that I, I'm not too much, that I dim a little bit more so she's not hurting, you know? And then I was checking in with everybody else. How's mom doing? How's dad doing? And all these things I'm making decisions and believing and forming. So for me in my life, it was always kind of a swing on the pendulum between, am I too much? Am I not enough? Am I too much? Am I not enough? And this is like, whew, going back and forth and always trying to make sure everybody else is okay. You know, and am I safe here? Okay. I don't feel safe. Okay. I'll dim. Am I too much here? Okay. You know, so it's never finding that safe center point of just, I am. And so I think we all have our story of that. I have clients who come in and, you know, their competent one has been on the job for so long. That was the one they, they knew as a child was safe. I'll be competent. I'll be capable. I will make order out of chaos. That will be my job. But the problem is, is the other parts didn't get to come out at all. The playful one got put away. The creative one, the, the silly one, the, you know, so there's all these parts of us. And I will say more often than not, and you know, that we've talked about this before too, the good girl gets really put on the job and, and the good girl has all kinds of rules, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So sometimes I like to ask clients, like, what are some rules you'd like to break? And even just asking yourself that question or what rules am I following? What, what is a rule maybe I'd like to try breaking this year? Sometimes just even asking yourself that it's like this massive feeling of relief, like, oh, Ooh, that sounds good, breaking the rule. Tiny acts of rebellion, I call it. Yes, yes. I mean, this work to me is an act of rebellion in many ways. 
It's rebelling against the you you thought you had to be, to be enough. You know, I teach about joy a lot. And I did a retreat last year with a, uh, a co-leader. We called it Unleashing Joy because you know why? Because I believe joy to me is an act of rebellion. Hmm. Tell me more. Because to me, joy was something I didn't really get to witness in the people that I loved growing up. It was spoken about, but I didn't ever really see it come alive in those people that I loved. And I think part of me came into the world to share joy naturally. That's just who I was as a little one. But nobody, there was no one there that was kind of going, yeah, let's do that joy thing together. I think my joy came into a lot of suffering and to feel connected to those people that I loved. I, I more so as I got older, joined them in the suffering to feel connected to them. So Joy to me is saying a big fat no to shame. Oh, yeah, we need that. Like, no, no shame, not today. Like, I'm I'm not going to carry you anymore. I've carried you my whole life. I've seen every woman in my family carry you, and I've seen what you steal. And so joy to me is an act of rebellion saying no, no more. Like, I... I'm worthy of sourcing joy and having it in my body and experiencing it in my life and letting it show me who I am. Because joy to me includes something with meaning. It's not just like a happy, it can be so happy and frivolous, but joy to me is also something that, that includes something meaningful and rich and beautiful and it lights you up, but in a way that is true to who you are. There's something infectious about that, right? When you've seen someone in that, it's like you're seeing them without all the not enoughness. All of a sudden, you have this window into their soul, really. And it's this glimpse of, I think, their true, truest divine self. And it's just like, oh. So yes, it, it is when you're in your joy, you're not overthinking. You're not controlling. You're not acting from a place of not enoughness. You're not heavy in your shame. You're saying no to all of that. And, and sometimes even for the briefest moment. And people will say to me, but I'm afraid to have joy because what if it won't last? Or what if I don't make it last? Or what if it, you know, those things. The fear of losing it once you have it. It is once you've had it, you know you can. You can do that again. It, can, it lives in you. So it doesn't necessarily have to be there every moment of every day, but it's not lost. And then you learn how to access it more and more. You learn how to access it. You learn how to activate it. And you learn how to like put these massive sacred boundaries around it. Like this is something I'm going to protect because it shows me who I am, not the other, which shows me what I'm afraid of or what I'm doubting or, you know, what I'm not trusting. And that's okay too. We're going to have those moments. There's no perfection here, but this is what I'm going to protect. I know it reveals me. I know joy has a message for me and um, it, it allows me to feel peace and meaning and feel my true self coming out. And I think it retreats, you know, it's this deep dive into, yes, we go into the depths because I believe that to get to the light, we have to go into the dark. That's just the truth. We can't access the light if 
if we don't go into the hard places that have been keeping us from the light. Otherwise, we're just slapping a big old Band-Aid on and saying, la, 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 I can't hear you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to (laughs) ignore all the other stuff in there. But that won't last. And so that's for me. Boy, sometimes I'm like, man, I don't want to talk about shame. I don't want to deal with all that stuff. But that's what I'm here to do. I've carried a lot of shame in my life. All the women in my family carried a lot of shame. So many of us do. You know, I have to be honest about that. I can't go in and pretend that it's not there, but I can learn to heal the wounds that keep it staying there. And I can do that work and I I can let go of how fast that's going to happen. So it's, it's so valuable to allow yourself to go in and experience it all. And I want to make sure that, you know, as we encourage and hopefully inspire moms to go inward and and focus on the healing process, we're not saying this because you're broken and you need to be fixed. No, you are divine, you are whole, you are lovely, you are you are perfect. It's not that we're saying that. And we're also not saying that, you know, healing is step one, step two, step three, and bam, it is, it's a lifelong journey of, of healing. So we want to come to the process with compassion, like you say, compassion for ourselves and compassion for the whole process. It's not, um, why is this still bothering me? You know, whatever, fill in the blank. And then we beat ourselves up, which really doesn't, serve us at all. Um, so I just want to make sure that our listeners are, are hearing kind of the heart behind this. And also if they decide that they want to go deeper within themselves, whether that's with the therapist or with a, a life coach, or they just want to do some deep journaling on a regular basis, that just to come to yourself and to the process with such compassion as you were sharing that, what all I could think of was this is about remembering that you're not broken. Like this is not about you're broken and you need to fix yourself. It's, it's a reclamation. It's a remembering that, wait a second, I am whole. I'm whole. And I, I I never was broken. (laughs) I'm just struggling. I'm just struggling and I need some support. And I'm, there's this part of my life where I feel like I'm, I'm struggling a lot. And I'd like to know more about how to not suffer so much. You don't have to continue to suffer through it alone, uh, which is what the beauty of your organization says every day. You're not alone. I mean, that is probably the most, gosh, healing thing you can ever tell someone is for them to be able to see themselves in someone else. And no, I'm not alone in this. There's possibility. And we can do this together. And yes, I'm not broken. I just need support. Right. Right. And I like how you said, like, and I just don't want to suffer so much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't want to suffer so much. I mean, that's how I started with my healing journey. And I didn't know how in the world I was going to do it differently. But I had to get to that place of going, well, I just don't want to suffer this way anymore. And I just said, I'm willing. Okay. I'm willing. And that's when I allowed myself to reach out for support. Because mm-hmm. I knew the other way, I had tried it on my own for so long. 
I knew that probably wasn't the way to go. <laughs> was to just keep going down that road on right. my own. Right. And so that's what, like, like what you just said, whoever you get support from, just know that that is not you being weak or being broken. That that is you finally saying, I'm willing. Mm, thank you so much. Thank you. Good to be with you, friend. Did you know that Brave Together podcast is an extension of a nonprofit organization called We Are Brave Together? We Are Brave Together is here to combat isolation and compassion fatigue and burnout that moms face by offering support groups, resource groups, retreats, and retreat scholarships. If you have never heard of We Are Brave Together, please go to our website today, wearebravetogether.org. And if you're a mom who is seeking support and sisterhood, please fill out the little pop-up form so that you can be a part of this community. Please check out everything that we are offering on our website today. Thank you.